Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Brew Crew Review. This is Vince Rivato, joined here on the set tonight uh, by Craig Mueller and Scott Bartell. How's it going, guys? Could be better, could be worse. Eh, fair to minimum. Well, welcome, well, welcome to, uh, to podcast number uh, 83 here on the Brew Crew Review. Uh, Scott, do we have Chad Collins? I know that you had talked to him earlier tonight. Um, no, Chad said he is uh, – he's actually out – calling um uh i think he's searching with his doctor to try to get injury updates on uh brandon Woodruff, so yeah and let's lead off with that news uh guys we want to go around the horn a little bit and talk about uh some unfortunate injury news for the brewers this week uh just to recap keston hero was left out of tonight's game uh against cincinnati uh i think he'll just be day-to-day and brandon woodruff um it sounds like he's going to miss a significant portion of time um scott why don't you recap the injuries here yeah, about six weeks. Um, do we yeah. want to recap the, in, the injuries here? And, and uh, Scott, what are your interns telling you about the, uh, the, the timetable here on Brandon Woodruff? Um, well, I hate to say it, but it's, it's definitely not good. Um, I actually talked to a couple of inside sources. Um, I'm not actually going to name them because they, um, they wanted to be completely anonymous. So, um, if you, get, you mean Tom, do you, Tom Carter? Well, they guys, they, yeah, but well, I just didn't know which, which which source did you talk to? Was it Tom Carter or, <sighs> or the other I mean, one? Yeah, it was, but he doesn't. He wants to be anonymous. And, all right, okay. I'm, I'm just gonna move past this. I'm gonna move past it. Okay, so <laughs> Woodruff. Um, yeah, I mean, think of it this way: he has an oblique injury, so the best way to think of that is it's an abdominal muscle. Uh, think your core. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Okay, and when you hurt your core, you know you don't do very well. So uh, it is a lengthy injury, like a lengthy recovery time. Typically for a pitcher, uh, it's at least a month, could be longer. So, um, yeah, he's going to be out a while, and it's a devastating blow. What do you guys think? Upset, devastated, crushed. Well, yeah, I mean, speaking for myself, I I can say that, you know, Woodruff – has been our, our most solid and reliable, dependable starter on the season. So, um, you know, he's been an all-star caliber pitcher this year. He's really stepped up. Um, so, yeah, we, we were on the verge of needing one to two more starting pitchers for us to be, you know, really viewed as, I think, a competitive, uh, at least, team in the postseason and probably need at least one more guy prior to this injury to get to the postseason. So, Losing him really means that David Stearns is going to have his work cut out for him if we are indeed going to be buyers and make a run of things in the second half of uh, the 2019 season. Craigers, how is the, yeah. uh, how's the news? How are you taking it? Pretty good, hopefully. Not well. No, I mean, well, I'll, I'll first start by saying, and last week's podcast, you guys both picked the Brewers, I think, go three and four on the week. And just to recap, the, the Brewers did have a pretty good week, at, which I really thought they needed, they needed to kind of still be buyers at the deadline, so to speak. Um, and so they did go five and two on the week. Um, and uh, that, that was key, including taking three or four, four in Arizona, which is a huge four-game series, I thought, here on the road. 
before they come back home against the Reds and, uh, and the Cubs, which this will be a really telling week at home. I think we would need to go 5-2 and two again against these two teams this week, and then I think we'll still be in full-on fire mode in spite of the Woodruff injury. But um, I don't – it just – it just yeah it sucks. I mean I think we were gonna have to add to our starting pitching and possibly a bullpen arm regardless if we were gonna continue to be buyers. I just don't think this this team is set up even if we tank for the next ten days up to the trade deadline to flip from buyers to sellers and I don't think there's really any in between. So I think unfortunately it's still an eight percent chance the Brewers will be buyers. I just don't feel that it's gonna be anywhere as aggressively as it was last year. I think that the Brewer fans will probably be a little underwhelmed with what Stearns actually goes on and does, even in spite of the Woodruff injury. I would expect actually possibly a back end the bullpen arm still be Stearns probably number one target to replace that like Knable role because I think he's a key piece missing to our recipe for success from this season. It's pretty obvious, but we need starting pitching even more so at Woodruff, but it wouldn't be surprising me if we just rolled with Freddie Peralta unless he's actually part of a piece that brings back a better possibly cost-controlled starting pitcher I don't know but I guess that's my take overall on it and obviously if we miss Kessin here for even one day it's significant I hope he's back right away he's a future all-star I think he's got a great career ahead of him and he's been awesome since we brought him back up to the major leagues he's awesome before we sent him back down I think that was obviously a huge mistake as we, put, as we hit on before but I think with him, just adding him back it, it is a shot in the arm to our offense overall and uh, guys like Hayden Zagar looks like they're kind of come around so we'll, we'll see what happens but I think that's the number one address is the bullpen still for Stearns and I think we'll still be buyers but I don't know what your take is on it and, and Woodruff will come back by September I believe but we shall see Wow you basically yeah, I mean, somehow without knowing you may have hit on just about every single Twitter poll that we have going on right now so just to touch on that <laughs> a little bit, um, right now, even with the uh, even with the Woodruff injury, eighty percent of our fans say we should still be buyers. And I guess, I mean, when you, I guess, I mean, you could look at you know maybe trying to get rid of you know Moose or Grandal or something like that. But you've already invested so much this year that going for it kind of makes a little bit of sense. But like you said, maybe with not as much as last year, a little bit of a tempered enthusiasm. And then um, I think also it looks like right now 47% uh, say that Woodruff is not going to be back until September. 38% think he will still be back uh, in August. So uh, there, there are some people that are pretty optimistic there. And, um, you know, only 15% said that it, it would be playoffs or next year. So – uh, well, one, well, one thing we – two things we didn't really address, I think, uh, that, that are kind of interesting. One is Gio Gonzalez did come back in the last few days. So, um, you know, we lose a starter and we gain a starter. Uh, whether or not Gio can fully replace Brandon Woodruff's production, I think, uh, remains to be determined. But, you know, he is a guy who's got a lot of experience and um, is a better second-half pitcher than he is a first-half pitcher. Um, and the other thing is, is that – Craig, we didn't really talk about one other option for the Brewers is not to be buyers or sellers, but simply to stand pat. Um, I wouldn't be totally shocked to see a lot of inactivity from the Brewers this year at the deadline. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe standing pat is the right move for David Stearns and the crew this year. Um, we're kind of in between a rock and a hard place on this a little bit. And 
depending what trades are available, and, and certainly that could that could uh, change in the next you know few weeks. But um, I I would not be surprised to see the Brewers just kind of remaining where they are with the team that they've got at this point as well. Yeah, and I think that's kind of why um, I thought that if he does make any kind of improvement, it's going to be um, an acquisition that not only makes the 2019 team better, but also the 2020 team. So uh, while I could see him going after like a rent-a-player or something like that, but not giving up much for it, um, if he makes any kind of a significant deal where we have to forfeit our our future with prospects, uh, it's going to be somebody that will be here in 2020 as well. That's just my thought. Do you guys see anybody specific that's out there right now? Uh, Scott, maybe we should leave it off with you. I know that you had um, talked about in the last episode some guys that you were kind of identifying this week as you and your interns discussed uh, who the Brewers might be looking at as the trade deadline approaches. Um, what's kind of funny is we threw that out on Twitter just to see what people were kind of going to throw out there. Um, I actually just asked flat out, um, is there any one player on the trading block that would make the Brewers a playoff team? I personally feel like, no, I really don't think there is just one. I, I think that we need upgrades in uh, both the bullpen and the starting rotation in, in order to make the playoffs. I just think right now uh, the Cubs have, have pulled ahead. We could still catch them, but right now we're fighting with several teams for a wild card. Um, I don't know, but what do you guys think? I mean, do you think that, that there's any one player out there? And then I'll, I'll read who was thrown out there. I, I don't know. I just don't think – I think that this is going to be such a seller's market, so to speak, because there's so many teams, especially in the National League, that still feel like they're going to be in it and and most likely won't turn into sellers. And and the teams that are really bottom dwellers, like the Marlins or even American League, like the Orioles, I don't know if they have that many significant pieces to really uh, trade off. There's one guy, I think Marcus Stroman will be moved. I think Matthew Boyd from the Tigers will be moved. Um, I just don't think the Brewers will be landing either of those guys. I think they'll be outbid. And a guy, I guess a guy I would like for the concern to target was a similar guy that I kind of probably asked for the last two years, and that would be Dylan Bundy for the Orioles. He's had another pretty bad year, but I still think he's got loads of talent and um, with a change of scenery, I think he's one of those change of scenery candidates. I think if once he gets over the NL and a different team, he'd be really, really pretty good. Craig, um, do you think that the Brewers are necessarily talking to the Orioles at this point? I mean, are you hearing anything that uh, suggests that the Brewers are actually having conversations with this guy? And I'd also ask you to add, who would be the least likely or least uh, ideal right. player for the Brewers? For the Brewers to acquire uh, this year because we did ask that on our last podcast and you were unable to uh, to join us. Yeah, um, I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, I think that'd be a good move. But uh, yeah, like I said, usually whoever I think the Brewers gonna acquire uh, and send an acquire, it's usually someone completely out of left field and someone that's not um, someone I'm thinking about or wanting. But so we shall see. As we know, I'll know. I was advocate of us going after Cole Hamill last year and he ended up on the Cubs. Luckily, we were able to take over the Cubs, but obviously Hamill was a pretty key acquisition and they even picked up his $10 million option, which seemed pretty unfathomable at the time with the trade deadline almost. But that's what can happen with guys that have talent, so uh, we shall see. So, 
I just think it's going to be someone that's completely not kind of under the the radar, so to speak, that Stearns will acquire, and not, and most likely it'll probably be a bullpen arm. But we'll just see. Well, Craig, I just want to get your uh, gut reaction off of this. I did throw out one name that I thought that if we acquired him, you would be angry. Like I was trying to think what name would be that if we acquired him, you'd be like, that's, that's not. It's not going to help us one bit. That was pointless. Um, for some reason, I thought of Jess Amarja. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. but I think Samarja <laughs> is pretty terrible. I hate this. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, guy, is, I don't know yeah. I put him in the, same, in the same book as him that's most likely to get moved. But, like, he just, why even bother? It'd be a guy like Mike Leak on the Mariners who'd probably get moved. But it's like... <laughs> Who knows? Like, who would even take on their contracts? Let alone, I don't know. I just think it's a bad move. Yeah, Mike Leake almost threw a perfect game, and so his Craig. stock has never been higher. So yeah, we may as well. Yeah, I can see that. But um, the people. Craig, that, let me. Oh, go ahead, Vince. No, I was just going to say really quick, Craig. Uh, let Let's throw out one scenario. So we've talked, to, or Scott brought up, you know, guys that might be acquired by David Stearns who are cost controlled for multiple seasons, but. I mean, would you be opposed to the Brewers acquiring a guy like Madison Bumgarner, uh, a guy who I know that you like, but is a free agent at the end of the season? I mean, do you really think that we're in that position to just be able to go for it like that as well? Um, I, I always thought Madison Bumgarner would be a great fit for us. I know a lot of Brewer fans do not like him because of his attitude and whatever, but um, I think he's obviously got awesome postseason experience. He'd be awesome. He'd be a guy that we really wanted to like require last year when we kind of knew we were heading toward the playoffs. This year, it'd be a huge gamble to give up much of what it would probably cost to get him and then end up missing on the playoffs. So, to me, he's a guy you want on your team once you hit the postseason. Obviously, he can help you get there. But I think it'd be a huge risk, and I don't know if it'd be worth what it would take to give up, I guess. So at this point, I'm kind of moving. I'm resigning to the fact that he's probably not on the reverse radar. Yeah, I think fair, fair okay. maybe along those lines, uh, maybe like a Trevor Bauer or something like that. I think he is still under contract next year. So I could see something like that maybe. Um, but um, just looking at people that um, were, I guess, thrown out there, names that were thrown out there on Twitter, uh, <laughs> Mike Miner, uh, Eric Sogard <laughs> was thrown out there. I think that one might have been a joke, but he yeah. is actually having a good year, so. Um, but uh, Zach Grinke, uh Will Smith, Bumgarner, Strowman, and um, uh, what's his name? Vasquez from the Pirates, who we actually also uh, threw out in our last podcast. So uh, there's a couple names there. I don't know that any of them would quote get us to the playoffs, but you know, there's there's there would be some good improvements there for sure. Uh, just for the record, Scott, I know your interns are, are getting you this information, but I, I checked as well. Trevor Bauer is a free agent at, in 2021. Yeah, so we get him one more year. I think he's arbitration eligible in 2020, something like that. He, he, he is, yeah. He signed so through this year, 13, 13 million. He's not cheap, but he's not awful, awful expensive either. He's got a he's got a 3.67 ERA this year, nine. Nine and seven record, twenty-two uh, games started on the year. Uh, one complete game. I honestly just don't think the Brewers have the the blue chip prospects 
in their farm system to even land Trevor Bauer, I hate to say. I think he's going to take like a top 50 prospect. And we're obviously just not going to give up Kesson here at this point. So I just don't think that he's a realistic for us like at all. I may as well use not to his... mention that, Not to mention, I think the Indians are either within a game or two of the wild card or actually in one you know, wild card spot. So I think that they may switch back over to non-sellers also. Yeah, and that's the thing, though, this year. I mean, it's a little different than years past. And, Craig, I'm kind of inclined to agree with you and think that there's going to be a lot of teams that are kind of buyers and not sellers, but it's weird without the August 31st trade deadline. And Scott and I talked about it a bit on our last podcast um, while you were at Chad's uh, birthday party. But do you know or what do you think is going to happen here at the deadline in terms of, you know, teams that are deciding whether or not to buy or sell at the last minute? Do you think more teams are going to be – Buying or selling? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think it'll be a seller's market? Um, well, it definitely will be a seller's market in my opinion because, like I said, mm-hmm. there's going to be a good number of teams, like over half the teams in the league, that are going to still be in it and possibly be buyers. So, uh, I just don't think there's too many pieces that the sellers have there that are attractive, unlike previous years, but. Obviously, there are still some really good ones. But I think we've touched on most of those. But I think there are, I mean, even some of the bullpen arms that are going to be available, I'm just not that excited about. It. I mean, I don't really, Will Smith's good, but he's going to cost more than I'd want to pay. Shane Green, the closer of the Tigers, will probably get moved, but I honestly don't think he's much better than, like, Jeremy Jeffers at all, actually. So I wouldn't even want to move much for him. And I'm sure they wish, you know, they'll get more than what we're going to offer. So I think it'll be like one of those, a couple of those like Xavier Sedanio type moves where we're adding a couple of guys in the bullpen and hope that one of them emerge to be better than some of the guys that we have. But I shall see. Any chance that we acquire a future Hall of Shame uh, member like uh, Kevin Mench at the deadline? Uh, I don't know. I think Stearns did a good job getting one on July 31st of last year. And Mr. Stoltz, that I feel that he's going to not get one like that this year. I think he's going to, if he's going to acquire a bat at all, I think it's going to be a good one. But but then again, I don't, I don't think that we even really need too much offensively. And the first basemen that are out there, I mean, I, I think we'll just stick with Aguilar rather than pay for a first baseman at this point. Yeah, no, and I mean, Thames is definitely stepping up his game. Aguiar is um, – he's getting back to um, – I guess getting back to being a, a respectable, I guess. Um, so, I mean, first base, I, I'm starting to get a little bit more faith in both of those guys, whereas, you know, maybe about a month ago I was just pulling my hair out just trying to figure out what was going on at first base. Now I'm a little bit more comfortable with it, so it's definitely uh, a good thing. But um, the reason why I bring up Hall of Shame is because um, we are doing a fan vote uh, to see who are, is going to be the next Hall of Shame member, and then we're also going to, um, you know, elect one here. Um, right now, actually, uh, the four people that were nominated uh, by you at Twitter, and again, that's at Brew Crew, you won at, or it's just that, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> Damn it. Um, We'll, we'll edit that out. You're already. doing great, Scott. You're, you're, uh, so uh, you're doing great. Nothing to worry about there. Um, right now, 
Uh, Jeff Supon has a, a commanding lead, 53% of the vote. Uh, Jonathan Scope is next with 24%. And then Eric Gagne, 15%. And UDB, Unesky Betancourt, 8%. So it, it's starting to look like with um, with uh, a few hours left there, you can – and, yeah, if you're listening to this, you still have time to go on there and vote if you hurry. Uh, but it looks like Supon might be the next member. Yeah, I'm not willing to put Uni B on that list yet, guys. I, I just think that the guy, I mean, he hustled. He didn't complain. Um, he was on a team that went to the playoffs. I just find that most of the Hall of Shame nominees or guys we already have in the Hall of Shame are guys that didn't necessarily give their all or they complained in Milwaukee or they had a huge contract like Coupon and didn't live up to expectations. Uni had none of those things. So, I mean, yeah, he was definitely not a great player, but at the end of the day, he, he didn't really complain or cost the Brewers a ton of money or anything. Um, so I'd be less inclined to vote for UNIV, which is kind of like what our fans on Twitter are, are indicating as well. Looks like. Yeah, here's what happened with UNIV. Um, he came out there, we thought, I don't know, this guy might start. I, we don't even know if he'll start. And if we do, we don't even know where. And he just proceeded to rake for like three months. Like he just absolutely, like he was just hitting bombs left and right. And it was unbelievable. We were like, what the hell's going on with this guy? And then, you know, then after that, he started playing like, like what we had originally expected him to play. But at that point, everybody had set their expectations so high. They were just like, what's going on? Like uh, this guy's not hitting a homer every three games anymore. So yeah, he was yeah. Uh, a victim of his own success, I think. Mm-hmm. And also being involved in a you know big trade, and granted it was obviously Zach Granke who was the marquee piece in that trade with Kansas City, but uh, you know coming over in a trade like that. But you know I give UniB a little credit when he came back to Milwaukee in 2013. He was willing to switch positions and played some first base that year. If you guys remember, we had a lot of guys that we tried that season at first base. It was you know Alex Gonzalez, and it was uh, who else played over there that year? Juan Francisco and. Sean Halton, and we had all these guys. But uh, Uni was willing to go switch positions a little bit and play first. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, he's, he's definitely not the ideal guy to have on your team. But uh, I, I don't necessarily put him in the Hall of Shame category either. I guess I, I don't know. I think – Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Scott. I was, was going to quick just say it. I yeah. don't know. I think Soup pitched good. Oh, yeah, that's that's the Ned Yost reference. The World World Series champion manager Ned Yost did say that at one point, Craig. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let's pull up um, – I don't know if your interns did it, but I guess I can do it here. The, I, the, I think, uh, I think yeah. our voters almost want to – I think our voters almost want to give the Hall of Shame to whoever gave Soup the contract rather than Supon himself. But, yeah, I, I get it, I guess. So, Jeff Supon in his – Four seasons in Milwaukee, had a 29-36 and 36 record. He had a 5.08 ERA. He did pitch in 110 games. 97 of those were starts through one complete game, 577 total innings, giving up 700 hits <laughs> and uh, 77 home runs. Two Milwaukee under two strikeouts. Um, yeah, I mean – these are not great numbers. So 5.08 ERA uh, in Milwaukee over his four years. And I think what gets fans is partially the results, but also his salary. I mean, he was a major free agent 
signing and um he made in his four years in Milwaukee six point two five million, eight point two five million, twelve point seven five million for his last two seasons in Milwaukee. And in twenty ten he didn't even finish the year uh with the Brewers, but actually went back to the St. Louis Cardinals for the remainder of the year because we released him. I don't or he posted a three point eighty he posted a three point eighty four ERA with the Cardinals in twenty ten uh, after we released him. I know Craig has a strict no Packers policy on here, so I'm just going to say that this kind of reminds me of like the Greg Jennings signing with the Minnesota Vikings, where you were taking something of value from a divisional rival, and you knew you were going to overpay for it, and you knew eventually that that contract uh, wasn't going to end favorably, but you just had to kind of live in the now and do it. What really makes this a good Hall of Shame candidate, in my opinion, is that Jeff Supon is, uh, at least that I'm aware of, the only Milwaukee Brewers player to cause a member of the Milwaukee Brewers ticket office to violently flip over a chair uh, in a fit of rage because of his performance. And I'm referring that, specifically to that was playoff that, game. Was that, was that, that, yeah. Was that Diane who flipped over that chair? Who was that? <laughs> I don't think she was watching. I think she was, she was <laughs> playing that stupid whatever gems game or something on her computer. <laughs> Is there a game today? <laughs> Fuck! No, we're going to get eliminated. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah. But uh, it is what it is. But no, no, I don't. I, I think that's what really did it. It was, it was kind of devastating. It was to the point where you know how when something goes so bad that all you can kind of do is laugh? That's what I was doing, and it, I, I was I was also there in the ticket office, and I was I was greeted with a chorus of like, "Dude, shut up!" Like seriously, we got a root for the team. I'm like, I am, but like that's like the fifth hit in a row, and like we're down by six. Oh, this is bad. This is hard to watch. You know, like I use humor as a reflection, and it was it was brutal. Yeah, uh, well, we all know how things ended, but um, but yeah, I mean, Tupan would be a, a prime candidate, I think, because of that, because of his contract, uh, just sort of the hype. I remember that the Brewers had a, uh, a, a thing of Superman that flashed along the back of the left field floorboard uh, when he first started with the Brewers, uh, referring to, to just Tupan as Superman, and uh, that did not last long as an infographic for for uh, for the club to put out there when he pitched. So. Yeah, what can you do? But um, let's see. I think uh, I think we we have about six or seven minutes left, something like that. So I don't know if you guys like. I didn't necessarily want to vote um, one of those people because we're gonna let Twitter take care of that. But I don't know if any if you guys had any other ideas. Uh, I'm just gonna throw a couple names out there. Um, I know we didn't prepare for this in pre-production, but if you guys have anyone you want to vote for, um, I want to nominate um, Bob Hamlin, um, who not only is was not great with the Brewers, but he also has possibly the worst baseball card of all time. Um, and if you just look, if you just Google like Bob Hamlin worst baseball card, you'll find it. It's it's pretty bad. And then um, Ed Romero, I think the only reason why he's not in the Hall of Shame already is because he's just got that. God damn, does he have a great mustache? And that's that. That like he does have a good mustache. 
Bob Hamlin, let's let's look at Bob Hamlin first. He played 109 games with the Brewers in 1998. Uh, he had a 219 batting average, a 219 OBP, seven home runs, 22 RBIs, and 146 at-bats. Uh, he was a former Rookie of the Year award winner with the Royals, uh, acquired by the Brewers as a free agent. Um, ended up with him just being released at the end of the season. He did not play again in the major leagues after his time in Milwaukee. Wow. It's not often that you go from, <laughs> from uh, I, I think opening day, I think he, he was ticketed to be a starter. And then to go from that to being out of the league at the end of the year is kind of a falling off a cliff, I guess. Yeah, he also only had a, well, only compared to most major leaguers. He had a six-year major league career. Uh, although his first year in 93 was just a cup of coffee and 94 was his first real season. So essentially within five seasons, he ended up out of the, out of the league. So, yep. Wow. Um, I also want to mention our, our current members of the hall of shame are Franklin Stubbs, Gary Sheffield, Sean Barry, Jeffrey Leonard, Jeff Hammonds, uh, Jose Hernandez, Chucky Carr, and uh, Kevin Mench. So we, we already talked about him. Uh, Ed Romero is actually a good candidate for the Hall of Shame, if only because I recently noticed that he is considered one of the top 10 worst major leaguers of all time. Um, really? I, think, I think that that's calculated, though, by war. And that's kind of like uh, Catch-22, because in order to, I guess, get negative war, you kind of have to play in the league for a long time. And he, he had a, a fairly lengthy career. So I think I think yeah I just want to point Ed, yeah I just want to point out Ed Romero played in the big leagues for twelve seasons so it's not like he yeah. didn't get a chance and eight of those seasons came with the Brewers including a second stint stint he was originally uh, with the Brewers from seventy seven through eighty five including playing fifty two games on the eighty two American League Championship team. Um, bounced around a little bit between the Red Sox and the Braves and then he came back to Milwaukee in 1989 for 15 games. Um, so he had two stints in Milwaukee. He ended his career the next year, 1990. Uh, he did play with the Tigers for 32 games that season. Um, but, you know, he had spent eight overall seasons in the majors with the Brewers. Um, he had 400, in 426 games, so he wasn't playing a ton. He hit, hit 254. I mean – not great, but not awful. And it's not like he was a guy getting a huge salary either. So um, I'm going to say no on Ed Romero. That's my vote, at least. Uh, 254 batting average as a Brewer, a 305 OBP. Um, you know, again, not great, of course, but not all shame worthy. And he didn't do anything publicly to, you know, badmouth the Brewers or ruin his uh, reputation in Milwaukee. So. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give him the vote on this one. I think I'm gonna steer clear of voting for Edward Mao. Well, uh, I think part of it is that he has in his career a negative WAR of negative five point two, and he only had eight home runs in twelve years, so not particularly great. That's true. Right. But um, I don't know. We only have uh, like I think like three minutes left, so I don't know if you guys want to nominate anybody else or if you just want to vote or what. I'll defer to Craig. He's got a lot of anger here. Um, Craig? Nope, maybe we lost Craig. Um, all right, well, uh, I guess we'll just have to go with what we have. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote with the fans. I'll say Jeff Dupon is my nominee as well. All right, well, I'm, I'm gonna let the fans take that one, and I really want to induct two members, so I'm gonna go with Hambone. Um, yeah, I think Hamlin needs to be in. Well, I would vote for Hamlin over Romero. So if those are the nominees, I'll vote for Hamlin as well. So congratulations to uh, Big Bob Hamlin, the Hambone, for uh, being the newest member of the Brewers Hall of Shame. I'm sure he's listening. Um, wow, is- we also do want to – it's a special special moment here on the Brewer Review. Um, we just want to thank our, our fans uh, again for uh, following us on Twitter, all the interactions this week. We uh, gained a, a lot of new followers here in the last couple of days, Scott. So – just a reminder, give us a follow on Twitter at Brewker Review one um, Also, continue to email us with your questions, uh, Podcast with an S at gmail.com. Uh, we will try to get your questions on the next show, um, and, uh, and, and we look forward to interacting with you throughout the week or uh, in, the, in the next week as well, which will obviously be very important to the Brewers uh, in our trade deadline approach and really our overall uh, 2019 season uh, here in the next couple of games. All right. Um, we only have like a minute, but any quick predictions? Uh, we have a six-game homestand, three with the Reds and three with the Cubbies. Kind of important right before the trade. Oh, deadline. man. Let's say three and three, but let's hope for, let's hope for better, but I'll say three and three. I'm going to go wildly optimistic here and say four and two, and it's going to be just enough to make us uh, want to be buyers. It might even make Stern um, Stern's make a little bit more – uh, make a more significant move. Going with four and two. I bet against I like them it. last All week, right. they proved me wrong. So good job, Brewers. And Scott, you can post uh, Chad and Craig's predictions on Twitter. Uh, I'll go with four and two also. Yes. Nice. There he is. Craig's back. All right. Uh, All right, go yeah, Brewers. Go Brewers and stay classy. Keep it up. Thanks again for everything. Throw out those five All stars, right. please. It's so great to interact with you guys. Keep up all the great work. I think we're on Facebook too, whatever. Go Brewers! Sounds great, guys. Go Brewers.